0: When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show exclusively on the Black College Sports Network.
1: Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org
2: so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fans. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to 7 entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's 7 times the <laughs> 7 times the No, no. no. 7 times the yes, yes. Yes. Music, gaming, Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus and more. That's 7 times the entertainment because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's Reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented
0: Always Ultra Thin's. This is always like never before. Nope.
3: Nope. You want him. Ooh, I like him. No!
1: No! <laughs> Quick, the Quicker Picker-Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight.
0: He's a nine.
1: Bounty, the Quicker Picker-Upper.
2: At Tyson, we know taste is local. Some like their beef pit smoked, their chicken spiced all the way up, or their pork sweet and saucy. Local flavors, global impact. That's what feeding the world is all about. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place. For the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Hear the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, The Pre-Game Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG, Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one
4: broadcast at a time.
0: I love my HBCU and boy. I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU and man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, yeah, I tune into the HBCU sports lab to see if my team wanna loud. If they loud, I'm quiet as a mouth. But if they want you uh, keep. I'ma do the dab, yeah you yeah. know what he be talking talkin about, Mike talkin and they know what they be talking yeah. talkin about, talkin'. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. Yeah. If you know him like I know him, no. they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna load, yeah. uh-huh. So listen to Professor Yes sir yes. Sir, and sir. pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes, sir.
4: This is Dr. Kaville with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Wait one minute. Mike Washington is not here. He is on assignment. Um, Still on assignment. We'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> none other than we have the pinch hitter, none other than A.D. Drew in the building. So welcome to episode 357 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU diaspora, all things HBCU sports for institutions large and small, from NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics, facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Keanu Pabilla, along with my co-host, Mike Watch and Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live. The Casey Waits 1230 AM Studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper, multi Hall of Famer, that is, Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, Charles Bishop, how are you doing this morning? I mean, this morning. Well, yeah, doing well. School
1: has started. We are up and running. The <laughs> <A> semester <laughs> is upon us, and, and we
4: are uh, off and ready and running. And I'm saying this morning, as if I saw you as you were working out. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Uh,
1: the routine is the routine. now. So, Monday, <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're
4: back in there four days a week. So. Yeah, you got to get it in. Got to get it in. With that being mm-hmm. said, AD, Drew, how are you doing today? I
3: would be remiss, Dr. Cavill, if I didn't start this show off right with a couple of happy birthdays. Uh, those happy birthdays include my mother, who is you know who, who is still alive and kicking. And my little brother, who was also born on that same on this same day, January 17th. So that's pretty cool. One one born 19th <coughs> and one born
0: <laughs>
3: and one born after me. So I'll just put
4: it at, at like that. So but my, my brother's an 80s child, so let me let me say that as well. Happy birthday to your mom as well as your brother. That's yeah,
3: deal. Appreciate that. They they definitely appreciate it. Uh First thing I did this morning was uh shoot them the impersonal text that we do now to wish them happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, still actually still haven't had a chance to make the phone call because of that work schedule. But at least I did shoot them a text this morning, so they can't say what you forgot about us again. Yeah, I know you don't live here in the same city with us no more, but you know you are still part of the family. This, this ain't like me as you
4: come home for the family reunion. <laughs> yeah, you better send text, uh, cards, phone calls. You got to do what's necessary. But yeah, text is appropriate time. At least you get the point out there. I wanted to start with this. I know there's been a lot of talk, obviously, with Ed Reed's comments, but I'm not going to go into that. Uh, There's been plenty of talk about that, and I've been on other platforms to share uh, different information. So I don't want to cultivate the time here to do that. But there's always another way you can look at things. And in this case, Eddie George, um, he does provide his comments on Ed Reed. Uh, He talks about determination, uh, quote, to see change happen, end quote, at Tennessee State. This is courtesy of HBC won't go through the entire article, but there's some good points in there. If you want to read that article, obviously go to Um, And he talks about the fact that he was uh, interviewed on Rising Grind podcast, uh, and he did was asked the question obviously about Ed Reed, the Pro Football Hall of Famer, that's at Bethune Cookman, uh, soon to be coach, depending on who you're listening to regarding the signature on a dotted line. There might be some questions back and forth where he is literally in regards to that framework. But with that being said, more importantly, what George said, one of the things he talked about, and you know it's frustrating, you know he didn't understand exactly what he was getting into himself. George Mm -hmm. said from his perspective, and when you get under the hood, and you really see what's going on, and you don't see the mold in the apartments, you don't see the mold in the dorms, you see the facilities, the locker room is not the best. It's not clean, it's all those things, but guess what? That's why you are there, and I chose to do it through action. And so it's interesting that he brings it up. He also talks about, you know, I choose to do it through, you know, let me roll up my sleeves and get in front of the people, corporations, the schools, presidents, you know, the politicians and say basically what are we are doing, end quote. Um, so it's fascinating just to see that you have juxtaposed poles with people with different perspectives, different positions. How do they go about businesses? And at the end of the day, we'll see, uh, at least if you're measured by your record, we'll see what that looks like. You'll also get a chance to see, uh, at some point, college athletes, how they speak about, Coach, you always here in different platforms, different types of affinity for coaches in various ways. So it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Um, and so I just wanted to bring that to the table uh, just to spin it off in a different platform. A lot of people appreciate it because he went in and talked about what a lot of people um, often talk about is the funds and the deprivation of the funds that I talk about in my research. One of the ways I have my platforms. And he reports that the state may owe the school $150 million to $544 million in land grant funding that has never been paid. And so one of his goals was to help the institution in terms of getting that money. Um, that is owed to them based on records uh, that people have described. And unfortunately, a lot of cases, at least for state institutions, uh, that are, is a reoccurrence in regards to understanding that resources have not been allocated to these institutions as they should over a period of time. But I thought it was fascinating just to see a different perspective of how you could go about the business of leading young people at an institution, uh, any source, but this particular case, HBCU Sports. With that being said, I'm gonna go to you, Charles, for some other news of the day. Uh, What do you have on your mind that you wanna share?
1: Sure. Let's start off with the SWAC Women's Basketball Weekly Honors for this past week, January 17th. Uh, uh, SWAC has tabbed Texas Southern's Adriana Avent and Florida a uh, Dylan Horton, sweat women's basketball Weekly honors uh, for their outstanding performances this past week. Let's take a look at Adriana Avent. As she was a key contributor to the Texas Lady Titans this past week. She averaged 21 points per game while shooting 38% from behind a three-point arc. Uh, she shot an impressive 86% from the free throw line, also contributed three rebounds and two steals per game during this past week of competition. The impact player of the week was Dylan Horton. She averaged 20 points per game, three and a half rebounds, and three and a half assists, uh, she crossed two league contest family this family this past week. She shot 50% from the field against UAPB and Mississippi Valley State. She poured in a game-high 21 points against UAPB this past Saturday, and she followed that with a game-high 19 points during the Rattlers' 69-53 to win over Mississippi Valley State this past Monday. So those
4: were your sweat women's basketball weekly honors. Damn, you're getting a win. I see your rallies out there getting it done on the women's side. Great accolades for all those players of the week. Drew, what direction do you want to go with with some news of the day?
3: I want to go off script for a minute, Dr. Kavir. I want to go to something that happened today. And that was the CIAA basketball press conference. It occurred about three o'clock or so today uh eastern time uh held in baltimore they did a unique thing they had a press conference and free throw showdown we gotta get into uh, the free throw shooting <laughs> because we know all of our everybody could be uh do have some little work for the charity strike but uh i do want to get into some of the highlights of this and i'm quoting part of this from ciaa.com and also uh, I'll throw in my thoughts of actually watching the press conference live, but from CIWA.com, from as, as the country celebrates the 50th anniversary of Title IX and civil rights law, the conference is proud to be one of the few conference tournaments to feature both male and female competition during the same week and at the same facility. It also boasts the first female commissioner of the CIAA and the first ever appointed African-American female commissioner in the NCAA across Division One, Division II, Division Three, CIAA mm-hmm. Commissioner Jackie McWilliams, a two-sport star athlete at Hampton University. And it goes on to tell a little bit about her personal accolades. But one of the things that I thought that was going to be interesting about this as they celebrate the 50th anniversary of of the title nine is on championship saturday they are going to flip the order of the championship game traditionally the women play before the men traditionally the women's crowd is not as big as the men's crowd because they play first so this particular year the men will play first, followed by the women to get the people in the house to be able to highlight the women and the athleticism of the women's play in basketball. And it goes on to talk about some of the uh, other things, uh impact in the Baltimore community. The 2022 tournament was a smashing success with both the Baltimore community economically and culturally with over, checked it, 66,000 attendees over the 22 games of the tournament and let's, let's talk dollars and cents so this is uh, the business of hbcu sports economic direct spending of 13.9 million dollars and total economic impact of 19.6 million dollars was supported one thousand one hundred and fifty-nine part-time and full-time jobs, and generated one point nine billion dollars in local sales tax. I'll leave it right there for you guys to digest that.
4: I like you added that money piece in it. The business of sports, it holds true. Charles, what else you got on your mind? Yeah, let's take a look at the MEAC, uh As they announced their
1: weekly Miak basketball honors with MiAC. Uh, Weekly honors presented by Coca Cola. Let's take a look. Senior guard Isaiah Burke of Morgan State was named the Men's Basketball Player of the Week, uh, as well as Howard University's Shot Odom. Uh, He was named the Rookie of the Week, and the senior guard Malik Miller of Morgan State was announced as the Defensive Player of the Week. Let's take a look at Isaiah Burke. He recorded his second straight, Dr. Bill, 30-point game in Saturday's win over their rival Conference State. We talked about that battle with Baltimore. He dropped 30 after hitting five three-pointers and going 15-18 from the free-throw line. He also had two assists on a black shot. Take a look at Shot Odom for Howard University. He averaged 11. And a half points, five rebounds in two games with the Bison, going to combine six, 14, 43% from the floor. He opened with 15 points and seven rebounds against Norfolk State before adding eight points in he went over Morehouse. And Malik Miller of Morgan State, Defensive Player of the Week, grabbed a career high, get this, 19 rebounds, including 17 on the defensive end against Compton State, while also notching three steals to help keep the Bears. Undefeated in MIAC conference play. He also had 16 points for his eighth double-double of the season, go along with five assists. So, those are your players of the week in
4: the MIAC on the men's side. Look at the MIAC getting it done. Yeah, we'll get in there. and We'll see what the uh, uh, major division looks for the men's and women's. We'll do that in the second segment. So, I'm glad you brought up those accolades because we'll see how it ties in. What we'll where teams are ranked, and what does it look like? But before we do that, I did uh, want to talk about uh, all the love that fifth gymnastic program is getting out there, well-deserved. You have Talladega College out of the same conference, Gulf Coast, Coast Athletic Conference, that is, uh, with Brown Girls Do Gymnastics, partner for second HBCU women's gymnastic program coming out of Talladega talladegacollege.edu, Brown Girls Do uh, Gymnastics, BGDG and Talladega College have partnered with the HBCU Gymnastics Alliance to launch the college's first ever women's artistic gymnastics team. The partnership was unveiled during the HBCU Gymnastics Alliance collaboration on Saturday, January the 14th uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. Talladega College will join Fish University which has also partnered with BGDG and the HBCU Gymnastics Alliance and developing the only HBCU women's artistic gymnastics program in the nation. Quote, this historic moment will have a lasting impact Establishing a women's gymnastic team at Talladega College, will expand opportunities for HBCU student-athletes to compete in a rewarding sport that fosters discipline, confidence, and success, end quote, to Talladega College President Gregory J. Vincent. Quote, developing our first-ever women's gymnastic team will also promote student and alumni engagement and pride, enhance the college brands, and help create a pipeline to diverse gymnastics, end quote. It's be fascinating to see um, this build out and this momentum. Obviously, a lot of great attention to Fisher University, and now it looks like Talladega wants some of that as well. So I'm celebrating that. Before we get in there, obviously, we talk a little bit more about the mid-major polls, which is uh, Division Two includes CIAA, SIEC, and those independents, as well as NIIA programs. Uh, but Lonnie Blow had a question in regards to CIAA. The tournament contract in Baltimore ends in 2025, so he wants to know where it's going in 2026. Uh, I think a little bit about that. He said later that the tournament belongs in Charlotte, not Baltimore. So I think that's part of his excitement hmm. about that. Usually, what you find out uh, when I, I, tournaments do a bidding on it, they go a year before 2024, is usually when you start seeing the bid process about what that looks like. You had something to add to that? They did address that during the
3: press conference. The t- the contract was actually supposed to end in 2023. They just signed a two year extension to extend it out to 2025. So they've already done their first re re-up of the tournament in the Baltimore area. So we're they're kicking that can down the road for a couple of years. Who was that, Lonnie? Below you said, yeah. Okay. A lot of that is
4: usually because they're pretty happy with the plates. Want to germinate the roots, so it'll be interesting to see. So he got a little time. He did talk about 2026, so he understood that it goes to 25, which is part of the extension you mentioned. Uh, but you won't hear anything in 2024 unless, like you just announced, they decide to re up it even sooner. So Charlotte has to wait before they get out there and get a chance to put their bid in, hopefully, put their money where their mouth is, uh, such it can be done right if. Uh, it does happen to go back to Charlotte. With that said, let's take our first break. We'll be back on the other side. So we get into the poll rankings. A lot of good action this past weekend. A lot of good action. I got some stats to kind of tease you with to let you know just how great the action has been in the SWAC, particularly on the men's side. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break.
2: Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage go to myjbn.com slash support we'll and be a part of the Black College Sports tell everybody they
0: can follow they dreams. Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit getvaccineanswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew.
2: Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember they can use less.
0: Sweet pillars of softness.
2: This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse
0: me. Roll it back, everybody.
2: Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll everybody <laughs> we all go why not enjoy the go with Charmin?
3: maureen is saving big holiday shopping at amazon so now she's free to become maureen the merrier
1: food is her love language and she really loves her grandson
0: Professor the yeah. analytic data with your hip-hop. Yeah. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to lot, yeah. And about, yeah. about, So listen to Professor Yes, Yesa. And pay sir. attention, because he going to teach a lesson.
4: This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. With Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike is out on assignment, so we have none other than A.D. Drew. Let's get into these poll rankings. We got some teams that changed around. Got some teams that dropped out on the women's side. At least one, so somebody's going to jump in this poll, and we'll tell you who it is. But since somebody is jumping in, that means somebody fell out. Who dropped out <laughs> of the poll this week was none other than Howard Bison. Uh, the ladies uh, had a tough one this past week as they fall to six and ten, two and one in the conference race, um, as they couldn't get it done this week. Uh, losing to norfolk state that just dominating fashion 64 to 37 was the score Um, so we'll have to see if howard bison can climb their way back into it but they fall out at this time receiving votes though just on the outside is a trio of swag institutions starting at the bottom is none other than bethune cookman wildcats five and 4 and 14. surprisingly some folks, as they got off to a pretty hot start, Alabama A&M Bulldogs 69-4-1 uh, with 20 points on there. And then you got the Southern Jaguars that are 79-4-1 and, 4 and 1 as they get a big win over their rival, if you would. Uh, Grambling at home, getting it done, much like the men. We'll get a chance maybe to talk about that a little later. But let's get into these top five programs. Uh, beginning at number five, which is a team that jumps into the poll for the first time. Uh, this year in week number two, that's Prairie a and Panthers, 8-9, 4-1. Six to eight points were not ranked. They got the big upset, uh, upsetting Jackson State at home. Uh, they went down to the wire, but they get it done. So with the victory uh, and who it was against, it votes them up into the poll, uh, taking us to number four, which is Jackson State Tigers sitting at 7-8, 4-1. They fall a spot. Not enough to overtake uh, or Prairie to overtake them, but they fall out of that with 81 points. They come back after that tough loss and really beat up on Texas Southern uh, as if they were mad about the loss in Prairie. They (laughs) seemed to take it out on the Tigers. It was pretty cool. As that lead got up to 40 points, Texas Southern kept fighting to their credit and melted it back down to pretty much a 30-point game range when you talk about what took place there, which was uh, tough in terms of those matchups, uh, how everything was going uh, in that setting uh, for Texas Southern uh, that lost eighty-seven to fifty-eight in that matchup, bringing us to number three, North Carolina a State Aggies. They were rolling in conference play in the Colonial. Uh, but they hit a little buzz saw, so they fall to eleven and six, five and one, which drops them a spot in the poll. Still eighty-six, solid. They still are in good shape when you talk about the conference race, because the other team that was undefeated in the race also lost as well. So they're still grinding uh, for that top spot in terms of the matchup that will come up in a couple of weeks. Bringing us to number two. Number two on the race is none other than Morgan State Bears. Morgan State Bears receives one place vote, nine and six, two and zero oh, in the conference race as they get it done. Uh, they beat Cobb State, their rival. They're 61-46, so the Bears and Morgan State women program down there are playing really good basketball. The ladies are getting it done. One first-place votes, 101 points. They move up two spots, jump over a couple of times as they continue to roll and get it done. Bringing us to number one, this should not be a surprise to anybody. Uh, this mm-hmm. is Norfolk State, 15-3, 3-0. Seven first-place votes So they increase the first-place votes. 116 points as they are getting it done. They defeat Howard, as we talked about earlier, that dropped out of the poll. That was because Norfolk State put a thumping on them. 64 to 37. Uh, They are rolling and getting it done. Credit to Norfolk State in terms of what they're getting done. That'll bring it to the top five programs. Let me go to you, Charles. What do you think Mm. about the top five teams in the list? Uh, You have two out of the the SWAC and one.
1: Yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head uh, when you start taking a look at the MEAC teams, especially Norfolk State and Morgan State, right there at the top of the frame. Uh, but kudos, kudos go to Prairie View. That was a huge win, uh, knocking off Jackson State at home in that long uh, sweat uh, win streak that Jackson State had in conference. Uh, but when you take a look at this Prairie View team, they're a dangerous team. They're the number one scoring team in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and they've won five in a row. So I tell you what, AD, I, I, I have no issues whatsoever uh, with regards to this poll. It looks like Doc has it uh, right on track here. we wait to pull him back up here.
3: Looks like we lost Doc there for a second, Charles, but I'll go ahead yeah. and, get, and get into my thoughts on the polls Uh Obviously, number one, no, no debate about number one. No right? debate. No debate
1: on North right, State, yeah.
3: Right. Right now, it's about who is the next best. Black College Sports Network had number two and number three flip-flop. We had North Carolina A&T number two and Morgan State number three. And you can make an argument either way for those, you know, uh, North Carolina A&T State having suffered their first conference loss this week on Sunday looking good mm-hmm. over there in the in the CAA conference so we 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 could go and we could debate that I'm pretty sure we could debate that either direction between Bo- uh Morgan State who's undefeated in the BAC and one loss, North Carolina T number, number four we were all consistent. Jackson State's number four number five though we gave a little props to Bethune Cookman with their three and 0 conference record there. Ooh. So Bethune Cookman got a, got a little bit of love from us ahead of ahead of Prairie View. So just wanted to throw that out there, as something to uh so, something to watch there, uh, Charles.
1: Well, you look back over the weekend, were there any surprises when you take a look at the SWAC and MEAC Are things that caught your eye between Saturday and Monday?
3: Well, let's start off with the obvious surprise, Jackson State. Mm. Jackson State going down. I Look, I figured, Charles, if they would lose at any point in time, it mm-hmm. would be game two of a two-game road swing. Sure, especially, sure. Especially that Texas uh, road swing uh, would be the one that they uh, – would lose because we, we all know that Texas two step is always hard but i figured it maybe game two of the of the road trip not game one of the road trip because you figure you're focused you're excited coming off campus and then after being away from campus in that hotel sometimes you get you get a little tired you get a little out of your normal routine so that was the game but but as you can see you do not want to be the team that plays Jackson State after a loss and and, and and no offense. That game was not HBCU goal worthy, except if you are a Jackson State fan, because that was not a competitive game for the moment they threw the ball up in the air, Charles. And I, I know you was, you're you sitting over there gloating. So you're looking through clouded lenses, but for the rest of us who were watching, they called ourselves getting ready to flip back and forth between that game and the howard uh, Morehouse game. Well, after about the uh, first half of the first half of the Howard Warhouse uh, game, what these one of those games. hitting about that we had to wait to the big <laughs> game to find some competitive basketball on yesterday, my brother. No, yeah, I mean you
1: make, you make a point. Uh, no cloud of lenses, and, and I give props Prairie View. That was a great win. Uh, this past Saturday over uh, Jackson State, uh, and I've said this uh, often enough. Going down to Prairie View, that is one of the more intimidating uh, home courts. I believe in all the conference. I mean, I, I, I've seen more teams go down there and, and take one on the chin that I, than, than I can't believe. I mean, it is a very, just a tough place in there. Uh, when you talk about Byron Scott and Sandy Pugh, Sandy Pugh, both down there in Prairie View,
4: their teams, uh, night in, night out, are ready to play. Yeah, good stuff when you talk about what's going on uh, with those programs, top rankings there. Yeah. Um, Fascinating when you when you talk about how they match up when they, Jackson was bouncing back. And I agree with you you're just sitting up in the stands and you're just like, wow, this is this is tough. But you can see how focused they were. What yeah. was really cool after the game, though, that I appreciated is and, and you see this at times when you get to really follow these games and interview coaches. Uh, some of the ladies on the teams, men as well, uh, in regards to what's going on and how much fun many of the players and teams have together with one another, how they enjoy uh, messing with fans. And uh, oftentimes alumni come in there, and get to talk with them and support them, looking at that cultural connection, supporting the men's program. And then you see the engagement with the coaches. Uh, it's always fascinating to see uh, what it looks like. So I want to just give a shout out that that goes for a lot of the teams, but particularly got into Jackson state as, uh, they were having fun, you know, listening to music, <laughs> talking to each other, and <laughs> just getting it done as as the game wore. But you're exactly right. It was a, it was a tough one uh, to watch because you've just seen it. So, not the logical about just how they went through it. I mean, at one point, you thought it was a little bit of a game. You're like, nah, oh man, something's going to happen. Now, all of a sudden, 15, 18. You look back up and you'd be like, man, it's 27. 30.
1: I, 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 yeah, I, I was disappointed. Though, I thought they were going to hit hundred
4: after,
3: after the third quarter score. I thought they was getting ready to hit a hundred. I, I really did the way the way that they was just pouring it on them and would not let off of them. You know, I'm like, poor, 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 poor Texas Southern. You do not want to be on the back end of that uh, of that loss. They would not yeah. lose two in a row and leave it in doubt. I'm sorry, Charles.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah, you feel right. right. It was. It was impressive. It was impressive,
4: yeah. Well, let's get into our second break. Uh, we go to halftime and come back into the third quarter, second half, and we'll get into the men's side, the top ten, uh, top five programs, I should say, on the men's side, maybe, is to see what you think there. A couple of teams, a lot of change. I can give you a heads up. Two teams fell out of the top five. Some major changes. We'll see what it looks like when we get back outside of this room. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information.
2: GMC Sierra, with hands-free driving, offers the most advanced and luxurious pickup in its class. Yeah, it rocks. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge. Featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars visit our website, www.SlowBurnWaco.com. That's www.SlowBurnWaco.com.
3: Supermarket sushi, really?
4: No. Wait, Troy, you work here?
3: I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh?
4: Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never
3: ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology.
0: It's like a loot machine.
2: It's like a loot machine.
0: Don't around town, We're trying to get down. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' gonna tell you if your team, if they want a lot of laughing. Who the fuck? Who the fuck? So
4: listen to Professor sir and pay attention because he going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. with inside the HBC Sports Lab with Charles and A.D. Drew. With that being said, let's get into the top five programs. As I told you, we had two teams that fall out of the poll, which means two teams are jumping in. But let's start with those teams falling out. None other than Tennessee State Tigers, 10 and 9, 2 and 4. They're on a skid in the OBC, not in the wrong direction as you're sliding down. Uh, they had two tough losses, uh, one to UT Martin, as they were not quite getting it done. Talking about a tough loss, Grandma State Tigers at 10 and 7, they fall to 3 and 2. They lose against their rival on the road. Not so much that they fell on, it was only one game, but the other teams behind them. Had a couple of big victories that put them in uh, the march, if you would, up into the top five. So that means who's receiving votes? Who's least close into that top five? What is it looking like? Let's start with Tennessee State Tigers. They're still in the hunt to get in the top five, but they're one of the bottom four teams that are getting votes here. Uh, that is 10 and 9, 2 and 4, as we said. Maryland at Eastern Shore with the big victory over Ooh. Howard that is looking better by the day. They're at 9-8. That was the first weekend in terms of what they got done, but they continue to win as they got another win this past weekend over Delaware State. 9-8, 2-1, uh, 23 points in terms of them getting it done. Maryland uh, Short just got over Delaware State, 68-66, to 66, playing tough defense, putting up some points in this game. But they are receiving votes. We'll see if they can continue to get it done as they get into the heart of the conference. Matter. All point-state Braves, 7-10, and 4-1. They're rolling now. Just lost to Jackson State, but they bounced back with four straight. and puts them in the mix as they're receiving votes. Uh, Groundless State Tigers sit at 10-7, and 3-2, 35 points, as they are just outside of the five. Let's get in those top five programs and see what you think about these teams getting in there. We're starting with number five, the team that jumped into the poll. is Howard Bison, 10-10 and 10 on the season, 2-1. and one. They're rolling, one first-place vote. 69 points were not ranked. Uh, They got the win. The major upset of Norfolk State must be somewhat of a controversial song. It took a technical foul. Yes, technical foul was the difference in the game. Uh, If you didn't hear about it, go to Sunday night and (laughs) check out uh, A.D. Drew and Byron. they break it down. A.D. Drew's a referee, so he goes into it. So we won't do a lot of this here. But essentially, it was the right call. Question I had was the two shots. Updates to the technical rules did say it was two shots, so he was correct on that too. Drew was rolling with money. I did put in this point. I think at the power five level, and I've seen them do it. Um, they would have act like they needed to check the time on the clock to get it right because they know it's a big shot. All the eyes on television, which means they wouldn't have had to call a technical foul and checked it out. And he called that mastery in terms of refereeing. And so, if you hadn't checked it out, heard about all that news, and just want out of it, go check out Sports Wrap because they do an excellent job of breaking it down. Enough of that. Let me get back to my top five. Let's go to number four. Okay, a lot of the Central Eagles bounce back with a win nine and eight, two on one, one first place vote, seven and seven, and they were not ranked at number three. I won't even spend a lot of time on North Carolina Central because. I see Charles already questioned. What? Morgan State Bears at 9 and 8, 3 and 0, oh, two first place votes, 96 points, running at number four. At number two, Norfolk State Sports at 12 and 6, 2 and 1, with the loss and dropping down to number one, three first place votes. So they're right there, 100 points. They move down for number one, all the way up for number five, a new number one this week, the Jaguars. They're rolling. They've won five straight in conference, 9 and 9, four first place votes, 111 points. Previous ranked five, they get it done over their rival, Grambling State, and they've had two big road, road wins, including Prairie uh, that's in the mix, tough rival. They to beat Texas Southern. They do beat it on the buzzer, and they get Grambling that was playing some pretty good basketball. They had solid wins, 5-0, and 9-9 nine nine on the season, so they're n- number one. I'm going to make Charles wait since he's got that smug look on his face. I'm going to go to <laughs> A.D. Drew. Drew, what do you think about the top five?
3: And we are on the men's side, correct? Yes, correct. all right. Take a look at the uh, top five on the men's side. First of all, I'm going to compare yours to the BCSN top five. I like goals. that. Okay, let's do some comparison, let's let's see where comparison. how much y'all are. <laughs> well, number one, <laughs> number one, we're the same. Okay, so. Yeah, both something. I knew one. y'all knew what y'all were doing, that's what I was thinking. We got we got two and three flip flop. We've got we got flip, we've got Morgan State, slightly, we'll take slightly, that slightly ahead of Norfolk State. With Morgan being undefeated in conference right now, Norfolk State suffered their first conference loss. So we so we had those two flip flop number four. We agree with you. We had we had central number four and. Number five, we actually had Grambling still sitting in in our top five ahead of Howard. I held
4: and- him at six, just outside, so I agree with that. That looks good. And But just, love- just to
3: let you know what we did have out, we had Howard sitting at eight. Behind, behind Maryland Eastern Shore and Alcorn. And reason Alcorn and Maryland Eastern Shore were up a little bit ahead of Howard Eastern Shore and Alcorn both have good conference records also. So that that kind of and, and when I say ahead of the 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 margin was ever so slight. So it it, it was slight, but Maryland Eastern Shore, Alcorn, and Howard though is how, is how it graded out on the Black College Sports Network side. Like I'll
0: tell, you what
1: y'all sim- think. I'll tell you how significant that, that Howard win was to me. Cause I, I had him up a little bit higher. For them to go into the monster that is Norfolk State on their home court and get that W, that was major. They, they were down like sixteen points at the point too. Yeah, they hauled to Norfolk State's nineteen-game home win streak. We had a lot of uh, uh streaks that were broken this weekend. Preview knocked off Jackson State's women that broke a SWAC uh, home win streak. I, I believe uh, there was a couple other streaks that they got uh, uh, see, I, see, I uh, wiped I out.
0: Yeah, uh, Union, yeah, Union
1: and whoever
3: Union played because Union stopped somebody's street. That, uh, Virginia the, State. Virginia State. Was, all right, because I know Union had their street broken by Fayetteville and then they broke Virginia State Street.
1: Yeah, so I mean, that was huge to me. So uh, Marcus Darker, 24 Great points in point. game against, against Norfolk State. So that, that's a big win. I can't argue, probably Southern is playing the best basketball right now. And they get up and down, they can score. That, that that was a big win over Grambling to me, even though the win was at home. But uh, Grambling is a tough basketball team that I think you're going to hear from, especially later on in the season. Uh, we saw what they did in, the, in non-conference schedule. That, that's a tough basketball team. And, you know, I, I have to say this, Jackson State came in, Texas Two-Step, came away with two uh, L's. So, A huge win for Texas Southern last night in terms of getting that win, getting off the schneid, because we have to keep in mind, Texas Southern was predicted to be number one uh, this season, and they hadn't won a conference game as of yet. So, a huge uh, win for Texas Southern. And let me give a shout-out to Maryland Eastern Shore. Huge win uh, uh, over Delaware State. They're 7-0 at home this season. Uh, That's the the first time since Uh, 1996, they started off 7-0 at home, so uh, that, that's huge. Huge Romero and Lisa Shore. Uh, they are deserving to be in a top five.
4: Man, look at Charles dropping a little nuggets. That was pretty good stuff right there, but you didn't answer. How high would you have Howard? You said you would have had him a little high. How high would you have? I probably had
1: Howard. I probably had him up near at, at
4: three. Ooh, good stuff. Ooh. Good stuff.
3: See, that's why well, we use him drive- to take that bias out of ours. <laughs>
4: good stuff we'll come back on the other side talk about some of the matchups to look for this week as we get into it then i'm gonna draw some nuggets just about how competitive the SWAC has been thus far this season uh it's gonna be interesting you're about a quarter way through things already um as, as we move through the season really about a third but it'll be interesting to see as you have the first half coming to a close uh with some of these final road trips Can we get some separation? Both on the men's and women's side will be interesting. Miak can get in the of some things, so it'll be fascinating to see if you're going to get some separation there as well. Stickers will be right back out of these break, and we'll talk about some of these key matchups coming up this weekend uh, as well as on Monday for both the Swag and the Miak. We'll take a little look outside and see what's going on in the Colonial in terms of key matchups that they have as well as OVC. Tennessee State to see if they can get things rolling back in the correct direction. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Thank you
1: guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN. So we 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 love what you guys
2: do, Brian, A D Roy, all you guys at BCSN. We really appreciate what it is that you
1: got you guys do for us. we will be there soon
4: Me? is this the one
1: well let's say i found the one who takes me to another level always stays calm under pressure most importantly the one that helps me discover the coolest places
0: this sounds wonderful
1: come outside i'll introduce you
0: they're here
4: definitely the one (laughs) introducing the all-new nissan frontier
0: The analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them, like I know, them, they gonna tell you if your team, if they want to loud loud, loud all about, all about. So, listen to Professor Yes, sir, and pay attention. Cause he gonna teach a lesson. This
4: is Dr. Gaville with Professor Bishop, Professor Drew, Clinical Professor Drew in the building. Getting it done. Let's get into some of these matchups. I'm going to start with the uh, OVC. Tennessee State has two this week. Um, they're at home. See if they can bounce back. It's always better to play at home than on the road, it seems. And they played decently there and played pretty well, actually, this season. We'll see what it does. They play Eastern Illinois. that comes in at 7-12 and overall in terms of what they're looking at. But Eastern Illinois is just 3-3 and in terms of the conference race. Uh, that is on Thursday. Then on Saturday, they hit the road and they go to Little Rock, as they're uh, facing a Little Rock team that is five and fourteen overall and re- at the bottom of the OVC, one and five. So these are some games. If you want to at least get back in the race, you got to find a way to get uh, both of these games. Certainly the one at home, and then find a way uh, to get it done on the road against Little Rock. Let's go into the Colonial, talk about some of these matchups here as North Carolina a uh, is um, looking at what they want to do in terms of the conference race uh, with a couple of matchups coming up this weekend. as they're also doing that Thursday and Saturday matchup. Uh, you have Hampton at Drexel um, that is, Drexel is 10 and eight in terms of what they're doing in the conference. Uh, so Hampton goes on the road, but you have T A&T, at home hosting Towson. Towson comes in with the winning record 12 and 7 overall uh, when you talk about the Drexel, um, they're at four and two in the conference race, while Townsend is four and two also in the conference race uh, with their twelve and seven record. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what both of these teams are able to do in terms of those matchups on Thursday, then on Saturday. And T goes to William and Mary. William Mary is just eight and eleven, uh, and then Hampton uh, travels to Monmouth that is just one and seventeen. So uh, certainly Hampton looks to get right. Uh, in terms of at least one of these matchups if not both so it'll be fascinating to see what's going on there anything from you Charles in terms of these non-conference independent programs and T still seems to be playing the best ball of those two Tennessee State is hitting a little bit of a hard time even though they have the winning record overall yeah Tennessee State swell is, is the one that kind of uh
1: concerns me a little bit but like you said AT is playing some some great basketball right now but uh home cooking is always a good thing so we'll see what uh Tennessee State can do it at the at the Gentry Center this weekend. What about your thoughts, Eddie Drew, on any one of those teams? I need Tennessee
3: State to get some consistency. You know, they mm. they did good non conference since they've gotten the conference. Win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one.
1: Another so, Tennessee State they, season. They, uh-huh.
3: You know, I especially <laughs> at home. I I need them to sweep a series at home, and mm. then. Maybe we can build some momentum and do something in the OVC. That that's what I'm looking for out of out of Tennessee State.
4: It's interesting. Uh, obviously, it didn't fall in the colonial previous to this. You've seen this in the Big South, where uh, traditionally in the MEAC and sweat you know, you have the home series where you play two games on home, and and essentially next week you go two games on the road, unless you play your rival. Uh, which could be a home and away, depending on that series. So sometimes you get three at home and one away. In the OVC, in the uh, Colonial, what I'm seeing is they do, like, one – they do this, you know, split games, obviously. They tend to do Thursday and Saturday instead of Saturday and Monday, but they split it up. They'll get one at home, and then your second game will be on the road or vice versa. Your first game on Thursday is at – uh, on the road and then your Saturday games at home. So it's interesting to see uh, that I hadn't followed that before. And OVC, previous to a lot of the teams leaving due to the churn, they used to do the same format where they would get uh, Thursday, Saturday games at home or Thursday, Saturday games on the road. So to see them flipping, I'm intrigued to see what that looks like and what that means for the consistency there. But with that being said, let's get into the MIAC. Is they have a pair this week. Last week, they only played essentially the Saturday game as they stretched things out. Uh, Martin Luther King holiday. You did see Howard take on Morehouse for that uh, matchup that was very good in terms of television. A lot of pomp and circumstances, as you imagine. It should be in terms of celebration of Martin Luther King and his his contributions to our society in terms of Dr. King's holiday. With that being said, this week, though.
3: Any word on the ratings on that game yet?
4: I hadn't seen them yet. I'm looking for that as well. Great point. Probably see it a little later tonight, or first thing in the morning, in terms of what that looks like. Should be fascinating to see. Obviously, you do have the fact that you have them up against. Um, it's. Monday our night football, though. so it could be there. The Monday night football with the Cowboys playing, which is obviously a big matchup, and then uh, Tampa with uh, Tom Brady. So it's fascinating to see there. Um, so to, um, see what that looks like. Uh, in terms of that matchup. And you're starting to see this with the MIAC too. They're playing the same format where you get one at home and one on the road. So check this out. Saturday, you have Morgan at Howard. Big time matchup here. Morgan State comes in at nine and eight, Howard at 10 and 10. This is a top five matchup according to the rank- rankings that are released today on the men's side. Interesting to see what that looks like on the women's side. Morgan State top five program. Howard has fell off a little bit after. Being at the top of the mountain just a couple of years ago. Uh, then you have Eastern Shore at South Carolina State. Eastern Shore would like to continue to make a statement. They're 9 and 8, uh, 3 and 16. When you look at the men's side of South Carolina State, struggling some. Uh, and then you have Delaware State at North Carolina Central in terms of that matchup. Then you have Norfolk State looking to see if they can bounce back to 12 and 6, going up against Coppin State, 6 and 14. Uh, that is another one of those teams similar to Texas, uh, Tennessee State. Non-conference-wise, pretty solid in a lot of ways. Uh, but in conference rates, they've been kind of up and down. So it'll be interesting to see what this matchup looks like. I'll go to you, Drew. What are your thoughts on that?
3: Well, Saturday, both on the men's and the women's side, you're just looking for teams to hold short because all of these games have a clear cut favorite for lack of a better word in, in these in those particular matchups. So you just want to see if everybody can hold chalk on on Saturday. And you know, but you talk about the schedule of uh, not doing the two games. For the meat, especially that Northeast corridor, it's a little bit easier with them because the travel for those teams up there is so easy, Dr. Caville. You know, yeah. a lot Absolutely. of them right off of I-95, you know, I-95 get off even go to the right, go to the left, and you had you had a lot of these schools for those. So for those teams, those five, six teams up north, so it's a it's a, a heck of a lot easier. You know, and then of course, if you got Central and South Carolina State, travel is easy between those two. It's kind of where they have to mix and match and go to that DMV or Baltimore
4: area and vice versa. That's when it gets a little tough, especially on those bus rides. Good point, good point. Charles, what are your thoughts on this, How Morgan State at Howard? Then turn around, I want to tease you with this one a little bit. You got Norfolk State and Morgan State on Monday. Well, the, uh, Morgan State is the home team. It's going to be the one. No, those, those are – the, the,
1: the, <laughs> the Morgan State
4: games are, are the
3: ones
1: that intrigue me because Morgan State has three games in five days. Uh, you take a look at it, they have a mid game tomorrow. They have Hartford coming into Morgan right. State. Uh, but you, again, like you said, uh, Morgan State at Howard, that one's going to be a huge game. But then just as huge as that is, Norfolk State comes to uh, Morgan State on Monday. But check this out. Morgan State thus far, 6-0 right. at home. Uh, that that jumps out at me. Uh, other Ooh. team that's also uh, undefeated at home, Maryland Eastern Shore. They're 7-0 thus far. And then North Carolina Central, they protect home court as well. They're 8-0 at home. And then um, take a look at Norfolk State. That's a six and one. So you yeah, got three out of the top four teams that they they protect home court very well. So anytime those teams are playing at the crib, if you will, uh, that I'm going to start leaning in their direction since they hold home court. Again.
4: Ooh, you lean in the direction? Morgan State over Norfolk State? Yeah, I am. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am. I heard it here first. Uh, they hey, they... saving.
1: They got a couple of scores. Dr.
4: Field. They got a couple of scores. That's true. They're good. I mean, I'm yeah. not saying that they can't happen, but you know, you saying this live on air. That's one kind that you kind of peek out, then say later. I thought they might. No, I get you. That's what we hire you for to make sure that you put it out there and let folks consider it. Let's get into the MIAC. I mean, into the SWAT and see some of these matchups as we getting into this. Our teams are getting into the conference. So we're starting to feel what teams look like, baby. Uh, on the men's side, when you talk about Bethune, Cookman at Jackson State. Uh, FAMU at all Foreign State. Texas Southern at Alabama A&M. So you got the Texas schools doing that long road trip. Prairie at Alabama State. You got Southern at Arkansas Pine Bluff. Two teams that are playing really well. That's one that quietly keep your eyes on. You have Grambling in terms of going to Mississippi Valley State in terms of the matchup. Sticking with you, Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of what's going on here in terms of this matchup uh, as you look at it? The TV games for HBCU go this weekend are uh, Bethune-Cookman at Jackson State and Prairie View at Alabama A&M on that Monday. So you got the Saturday game, head of men and women, Bethune-Cookman at Jackson State. Bethune-Cookman, women are playing pretty well as well something to keep your eyes on. Charles, what do you see in terms of these matchups here? Give me the matchup again. Southern is where? Southern is Arkansas, Pine Bluff. Both good, men's and women's. That's a a tough one. Pine Bluff, as you alluded to, that's a tough place to play that people don't always recognize, even when they're not playing it well. Right now, on the men's side, they're playing really well, and the women are still tough. They're out of play or two, but they're still hanging there playing tough uh, with Southern. So I'm interested in that matchup. It seems like you are as well. Yeah, that Southern Arkansas
1: Pine Bluff is a very interesting matchup to me. Uh, they have one of the top scorers in, in the in the conference, Sean Doss. Sean Dawson's is averaging uh, 16 points a game. So if he gets hot, but you mentioned, we talked a little bit about it this morning, they got bench production this past weekend for Arkansas Pine Bluff. So that Southern Arkansas
4: Pine Bluff game is the one that jumps out uh, for me in the SWAC this weekend. Yeah, you talk about that bench production in terms of what they were able to do. Dawson only had 10. They had bench production by Harris and Milton, 20 and 18 respectively, getting it done off the bench uh, in terms of overall. uh, They had 47 points, 45 points off the bench essentially. Uh, Pretty good showing uh, when you put up 77 points. With that being said, in terms of these week's matchups, as I kind of teased out, uh, Drew, men's or women's, what are you thinking about uh, on these matchups? What do you keep your eyes on for yourself?
3: I hate to say this. Bethune-Jackson State <laughs> on the women's side. You know, uh, thank God for Bethune women because at least somebody is in the basketball business in the state of Florida because this show is not- Oh, my. Tele-hassie. Oh, my. It's
1: goodness. not definitely
3: not in Tallahassee <laughs> right now. <laughs> but they're going to traveling to Jackson State on Saturday you know, that's going to be the one for me. Jackson State coming off of the blowout victory over Texas Southern. Bethune coming off a close victory at home against UAPB. It's going to be interesting. Jackson State won big on the road. Bethune squeak one out at the house. Both of them sit at board one in the standing. So that's going to be the one that's going to, to that I really want to see uh, how it turns out. Because right now, everybody's,
4: I, I I hate to
3: say this, Charles, but everybody's chasing prayer on the women's side. That not, not used to people not chasing Jackson State. So Jackson safe going from the hunt, from the hunt dead
1: to the hunt turf. You might not want to see that. Yeah, that's right. not a good position. Yeah. About to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we saw we good. saw how it, it started was, off on Buddy but it was it was probably <laughs> better that you could, you could see them in front of you. But if they in the rearview mirror, that's to be scary. So
3: that, is is that the one oh, when you oh, run the 4 about one and just hawk you down at, at the uh, at the finish line when you when you start pulling
4: up? <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: it's better for you to be the Hawker. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, I agree with you, ooh, yeah. boy. You talking about dinosaurs, yeah. uh, but this is this really yeah, gonna tell us something about the thorns? Uh, whether
3: whether they are pretentious yeah, you get to see not. really
4: how and it, it so doesn't. Far, uh, they, yo, I agree with you. It's yeah, the first major match. They, they don't have, they, like they. and they don't even have to win this game, but they need to be yeah, competitive
3: they, I agree. in this game.
4: Yeah, I agree with you. They got to show that they can play with them, uh, uh particularly being on the road, uh, the least make that move. And as we said, in a lot of ways, what we really are looking for, for those two, three, four and four seats. Uh, we still think Jackson is going to outclass everybody as the games kind of match on credit again, the Prairie view, they got it done, which is huge. Uh, and it's one of those games that you may not expect to have. So it, it's one that you have in a hole where you can kind of maybe get some uh, ammunition later, but I'm looking at two, three and four spots. So this is big in terms of seating purposes. When you really try to make your run, uh, during the tournament to get the NCAB. bid, yes, yes, Drew. Hey Charles,
3: is is Purview and uh, is Purview on the schedule twice, or is that the team that y'all play once this year? I'm just curious to see how. No, they weight. should be on twice. Yeah,
1: okay. per Purview should be making trip. Yeah, they play play they, go later, huh? they gotta go to. Giants. Okay, because yeah. if, <laughs> if, if,
3: if this, <laughs> they play, I was gonna say if this was the rotational uh, year where they only played it once, that victory would have been huge when it comes mm-hmm. to uh, seed, but Jackson yeah, does true. have it's his opportunity. Breaker. Yeah, but Jackson State does have his opportunity And then you got to, the point uh,
4: differential back. when you play them twice like that. I know for Prairie and Texas Southern, two of the teams they only play once are FAMU and Bethune-Cookman. They okay. returned the trip. They went down and played the one last year in terms of what that looks like on the matchup. Okay. Good stuff mm-hmm. there. Um, I did want to tease out this before we let it go. Yeah. Um, in terms of these really close games, in terms of it, uh, particular, people ask me about Prairie View in terms of their record sitting in 3-3. Three and three. If you look at Prairie View in terms of top five matchups, where I'm starting to look at teams in terms of how they fare with other teams in the top five, Prairie View, for example, when you look at something like that, they're 2-3 and three against the five teams that are ahead of them in the ranking uh, with the long victory of Valley that sits at the bottom half of the conference. But in terms of the whole conference, I told you I would tell you just how good some of these games have been, if you break it down, 12 of the 32 games or 37.5% of the SWAT games have been decided by six points, essentially two possessions with the three-point line or less. But a whopping 20 of the 32 or 62.5% of the SWAT games have been decided by nine points, three possessions or less. So more than half of the games have been on the men's side have been extremely competitive. So while you might see some gaps there, I'm not sure if anybody's going to quite run away with this race. And for anything in terms of you interested in one of the reasons why you want to see some of these games when they come on television, uh, more than not, you're going to see some really well-played games in terms of the competitive balance of the uh, conference. You already have three OT games, several buzzer beaters (laughs) uh, throughout the league, Uh, or at least last-second shots, leaving very little time on the clock. So very entertaining kudos to all the coaches in the conference and Charles in terms of the commissioner, uh, that is Dr. Charles McCullough of the Southwest Southern Conference. As a couple of games will go down in the MEAC as we start, I'll do the same breakdown for the MEAC and see what those percentages are like and kind of compare that uh, to see uh, in terms of the competition and more so the competitiveness, of the games that we're seeing and we'll break it down for the women as well. I think it's a little bit of more of a spread there, but it's fascinating just to see what that looks like. Thank you for listening to inside the HBC sports lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yadika the Dean of HBCU sports come from inside the lab in the college of HBC sports with Mike Washington, and Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's inside the HBC sports lab with Mike Washington, and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday, six o'clock right here. We look forward as we continue to give you the greatest news uh and up-to-date news in the hbc sports culture follow me dr k-n-y-a-t-t-a-c-a-v-i-l on twitter facebook and instagram that's D R K E N Y A T T A C A V I L inside the hbc sports lab one on twitter facebook and youtube inside the hbc sports lab hbc nightly on Wednesday, you can check me out on Twitter Spaces. I jump in there at times to give some updates on uh, HBC sports, particularly give some basketball talk from the SWAT uh, perspective. Some people get some updates and see what's going on there. There's a lot of folks on that side share the Miac, so it's very intriguing when you get into uh, dialogue about what's going on as Herbert releases his top five. So I always get to see what it looks like against the top five that we release right here on Doctor Mills Inside the HBC Sports Lab. With that being said. You know what we say. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We'll talk with you soon. Charles. Of course. A.D. Drew. Lecture. Dismiss. We'll holler. Yes, indeed.